0: Welcome to What The If News. The year's running out. Thank
1: goodness.
0: (laughs) Will the year run out of gas? But the year is going out with, I don't know about a bang, but a shot in your arm. Whoever you are, somebody out there is getting a shot in the arm. Hopefully. Yes. Gabby, how are you? Gabby Panissi is here from Rockefeller University with all the news on the uh, I am the good. I am
1: alive. I am chugging that coffee is, as of 9 a.m. this
2: morning.
0: That is excellent.
2: Yeah, that's all you could want.
0: Coffee is a vaccine for a disease called lethargy. Highly infectious. Um, And uh, Matt Stanley is also here from New York University. How are you, sir?
2: Um, I am um, not vaccinated against lethargy, um, but uh, I'm I'm being treated for it as we speak, and hopefully I'll have a full recovery. Yes, (laughs) that's right. What the if? The cure for lethargy.
0: Maybe, I don't know. Unfounded claims of (laughs) cure for lethargy. So the exciting news is that... The vaccine is out, and everybody wants to know when can they get it. In fact, it was interesting. I saw on um, NBC there was a reporter uh, reporting from the UK. He was in the room where they were delivering the first uh, on the very first day that uh, anyone in the world was getting it uh, in the public, and he said that they actually had asked him not to report the exact location of where he was, they were afraid they there would be a mob scene or something. Um, so uh, Gabby, you, you noticed uh, there's a very interesting article, or article, there, there, there's a, a utility, shall we say, uh, in the New York Times, interestingly, in the opinion section, although mm-hmm. it's not tech, I don't, yeah, I won't argue with the editors of the Times, but opinion, and it's called Find Your Place in the Vaccine Line by Stuart A. Thompson. And it has some really cool illustrations by Jorge Colombo. And basically, here, I'll just read the little short introduction. And then basically, it's a survey. You fill out the survey, and it'll tell you where you may be in the the hierarchy of getting the vaccine. It says, a vaccine may be around the corner, but how long will it be until you get the shot? Health officials are considering vaccine timelines that give some Americans priority over others. Oh, Americans don't like that. If you're a healthy American, you may wait many months for your turn. Suddenly, a lot of people just got really sick. Uh, To put this in perspective, we worked with the Surgo Foundation and Ariadne Labs using their vaccine tool to calculate the number of people who will need a vaccine in each state and county and where you might fit in that line. So... uh, then you can fill out the survey. So I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, so G- Gabby, did you do it? And did you try this out? And yeah. where did you Where did you appear in the line?
1: It's actually kind of interesting. So this is kind of under an opinion section because this is not, you know, hard and fast what each place has said. I'm sure there's going to be changes in how fast they can distribute stuff. So it's kind of just an estimation. So don't, if you're, you know, in line actually for a vaccine and you don't get it. Where they estimate, you say, don't don't freak out. It's just an estimate. But it's actually kind of interesting. When I put in, um, my you know hometown in Maryland, where I went to high school, I'm a little bit further back. I'm actually up further in the line in New York, but I'm about halfway, huh. which is more than what I expected, actually. But it kind of makes some sense because you know I, I'm in my mid twenties, and I'm in the most asymptomatic carrier group, essentially, where the plague rats. So what they want to do is they want to vaccinate the people who could carry it silently before getting to people who are maybe like my parents' age, who would definitely get sick and they'd be able to tell even without a test, probably that they had a COVID nineteen infection.
0: Right. But yes, so I guess it's it's that your health is a problem because it means you party and the parties are problems. So it's like a it's a that that should be one of the questions in the not you personally, of course, but your your cohort. Is that what you say when you mean plague rats? Yeah,
1: my, my cohort of 20 somethings. Although I have to say, yeah. like, we're we're generally pretty good about not doing everything. I feel like the age group that I see mostly out doing really like unsafe things all the time is it's more yeah. like my parents' age. They're like, huh. oh, it's fine, oh it's fine, oh it's fine. And meanwhile, all of us are like, ah, I'm just gonna like play on the internet and See my friends that way from a distance.
0: That's <laughs> interesting to say that because I also had, in, in, including you know my stepfather is a scientist, uh, phys well physicist if that. Counts. That's a scientist. I mean, yeah, <laughs> a scientist. Yeah, technically a scientist. Technically a scientist. And um, they, I mean, I wouldn't say that they were unaware, certainly of the thing. They would wear masks and stuff like that. But the um, the urgence They live in Ohio, and I think they were getting mixed messages you know, and, and the thing that really stuck with them, I, I hate, I hated to go through the nuclear option, but they were, they were saying, oh, you know, we go to little league games. It's outside. We go, meet, I said, well, we go hang out with the rest of the family that lives there. Uh, oh, do you go inside? Yeah. Yeah. But it's just family, you know? And I was like, I had to eventually that as this conversation extended itself, it got to the point where I had to say, look, there's a hospital right near me that only a few months ago had tractor trailers lined up full of bodies. So, and they were like, Oh, my mom's like, that's gross. My mom, who's a nurse, that's gross. And Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, but they were like, okay, that, that struck a nerve. Yeah. Um, so, uh, here I, oh, so there really is very few, um, questions basically just asks you how old you are, what County you live in. Do you work in one of these, health professions and I kind of like this cuz this is like for everyone who is not one of these professions. Some of these professions in fact don't get their due respect. So to to it's sort of like <laughs> are you it says are you a healthcare worker? Are you an essential worker? Are you a first responder? Are you a teacher? None of these. Now, that
2: you got oh. I didn't think you're, you're actually a teacher. Well, that's an interesting question. Um, Gabby, do you have a sense of how technical these categories are? Like when they say teacher, do they actually just mean anyone who teaches?
1: That's the thing. That's part of the stratification that each state is working on. I think that is something that will become clearer over time. Some states are better than others at defining this. So, for example, New York it's always New York. We're doing a pretty good job of actually defining more strictly what that means. Because if you look at stuff like healthcare worker, what exactly does that mean? Does this count the receptionist? Does this only count people who are working in COVID 19 wards? Does this count the janitors? Um, and, and the answer is I mean, it should count like the janitors, it should count people counting in the wards, but who gets it first of that set? So I think it's probably going to be, um, pro- I think probably like, you know, elementary to high school teachers. In New York, probably first, but I actually really don't know. Mm. That's just kind of my estimation.
0: Um, interestingly, so here's here's what I got uh, based on my risk profile. It's interesting; it says your risk profile. So uh, we believe you are in line behind <laughs> this. Look, I, I I sometimes want matzo balls or pastrami so badly, and I'm so hungry for Katz's Deli, for instance. The, one of the, the mm-hmm. most old fashioned of delis in New York, right? Where they still use the little you now serving number 25, right? Or you you get a little thing. I have never had this number on my ticket. I am number two hundred and sixty eight point seven million. Wow. Not even even at the point they're just like, we're not hurting? basically it says we believe you are in line behind 268.7 million people across the US When it comes to New York, we think you're behind 16 million others who are at higher risk. And in Kings County, which is the fake name for Brooklyn, um, you are behind 2 million others.
2: Well, I should say I'm not much better. It says I'm number 135 million in the country. Uh, Number 8.1 million in New York State. Um, and 723,601 in Manhattan.
1: And wow. And see, Matt's ahead
2: of me. Did you put in teacher? I did. Yeah. They don't care. I think that bumped you. No, I think,
0: I mean, you and I are close to the same age. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's almost the only, uh, unless you have, did you have, uh, health COVID related health risks.
2: No. So I should say it's, it's interesting that these are very, it's a very short survey. Yeah. yeah. But you're evolved. 50% yeah. closer than me. Yay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. We're, we're just going to have a good time here back at the line, the back of the line.
1: I'm just hanging what out. Where were you Gabby? I am. It's, it's only a couple hundred more than a, the last ticket I took at Katz's Deli. Uh, I am behind 144.1 million people and in in New York County uh essentially New York City the I am behind almost 800,000 other people which is not bad.
0: Yeah. Wow. It I'm
1: sounds a- it sounds really bad though I'm sure like you know everyone's impatient at this point we just want life to get back to normal We're like vaccines approved and it's like you got to wait behind a couple hundred million people so
0: Right. We'll I'm actually going to take this as the, the I think there is like you said Matt there's only a few questions but you know how the internet works there's a lot more going on it's they sure. know things and um I think it just decided that uh it, it says low risk I think it's being polite I think it means low value uh, yeah. I think that's it's that's like you know you, you're a expendable <laughs> Matt we need Matt Please teaching <laughs> Gabby we absolutely need Gabby
1: he well, doesn't ask me if I'm a scientist because that might right, bump me up. Question, I don't know.
0: We,
2: are you a virologist? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it is um, kind of interesting because I was reading some of um New York's plan because um Charlie, my PI, is one of the co-chairs for New York's New York State's um review of the Pfizer data. And like New York State did their own commission to just like review it uh independently of the FDA, which is kind of cool. And their New York has their whole plan out, and it's interesting because they have one graphic where it's talking about priorities and like phases of who would get stuff. But it's obviously stratified based on rural and urban communities because, yeah. in a way, it's easier in an urban community because of how densely packed people are to administer this vaccine because you can pick one central location that's actually quite close by to everyone,
0: yeah. and
1: that you can keep it perfectly cold at. And the other one, you may have to spread... Uh, doses at multiple different facilities where it may be harder to keep it cold. And so the priority was like priority one, um, healthcare workers in urban centers. And then priority two, healthcare workers in rural areas. And then it was essential workers in urban areas, then essential workers in rural. And it sort of went back and forth between the two of them trying to spread it out as much as possible before moving down to like the next, air quotes, lower priority person. Yeah. I thought it was smart, but it's definitely like, you know, each day is kind of left to figure this out themselves, which I'm sure it's going to be uh just about as inconsistent as everything we've observed this That's last right. year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, is it it's not really being I mean, our country generally doesn't do things centrally managed, although we could have used a little bit of that this year. But uh, uh is there gonna be an do we have any idea really how this works for any individual person? Like if you're in a facility, then someday, you know, one day the nurses or The staff will come in and say, "Okay, you know, like in a nursing home, everybody, we're we're giving you your shot today." So it just comes. But like, I wonder for just the rest of us, do we get a letter in the mail? Do we, you know, does our doctor just say we now have? You know, is it going to be like Mm -hmm. the flu shot? We have it in stock.
1: I'm not actually sure. I would love to be able to tell you, but I think that that's the part that's still being worked on because, you know, the public at large, who's who's not ill, is kind of further down the pipe. So it may become it may get to the point where it's like available at your doctor's office or maybe more at like a central location. So, I don't know. They start like a, I don't want to say like a drive-through at like, you know, (laughs) New York Presbyterian or something like that. But, you know, you walk up, inject you. Um, I guess also this is an important time for me to say too, you know, this is a two-stage injection. You don't get this all at once and then you're done and you're safe. You have to get it twice. You have to come back. So, that's obviously a factor in this too, that not only do you have enough… You have to have enough doses there for someone to get it um, at the first time. You have to have enough that they can come back and get it again, or else it's not really effective. I don't think it's been, it hasn't really been evaluated for how that, how it would work as just one dose. Right. And it's very effective at two doses. So we're going to use two doses. So if slash when you can get your vaccine, or if you're one of the people who gets it first, make sure you come back for that. Uh, appointment three weeks later because you're not safe, you're not protected. And in the interim, you should be doing, you know, all of the normal things you would do like you're not immune because you're, you're probably not.
0: Right. Now, again, it is like Katz's Deli because you go up and you get, at Katz's, you get the meat at one place, but you actually get the bread at another counter. You get the soup at another counter and then you get the matzo ball at another counter.
2: Is it really a good idea to structure our healthcare system after Katz's Deli?
0: You know, they're they've
2: been going strong for
0: like two hundred and seventy-five years or something.
2: All right, <laughs> so, that's a good point.
0: But All uh, right, well,
2: let's put um you Yeah, know, I, do, I Jewish doctors think... in charge of our healthcare system. <laughs> yeah. What could go wrong?
0: Well, you know, there's a little bit of <laughs> <laughs> is the is the vaccine <laughs> kosher? I had never thought of it as uh that, but uh you could make a case. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, <laughs> I believe the vaccine is kosher. I can't think of anything. Oh, well, there's an interesting it, question.
0: <laughs> 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 we'll ask the rabbi on the other documentary I'm working on. So, um, here, here's a few, few basic questions. Why, why do some of them? Why does the Pfizer one, for instance, have to be at minus ninety Celsius or minus ninety Fahrenheit?
1: Yeah, I think it's like minus eighty Celsius. Um, yeah. which, I mean, what is it? Matt, like minus one hundred forty-four, where Celsius and Fahrenheit are the same.
2: Uh, sounds something like that. Yeah, I'd have to.
1: Yeah, so it's it's almost about the same in Celsius or Fahrenheit, Mm -hmm. really. If you're thinking about it, it's cold. Um, that's the temperature at which, if you touch, uh, basically the container it's in for a couple seconds or maybe like thirty seconds, you're gonna kind of get freezer burn. I know, I've done it. Um, Mm -hmm. and why it has to be kept so cold is that RNA, so it's an mRNA vaccine. Essentially, that is the genome of the virus. It's an RNA, not DNA. DNA is very stable. RNA is not really. And actually, it has to do with one tiny little um, oxygen, little hydrogen on, attached to it that's on RNA that's not on DNA. So DNA is deoxyribonucleic acid. RNA is ribonucleic acid. The fact that deoxy is deoxy, it doesn't have that oxygen, is actually very important. Because if you oh. do this sort of little organic chemistry Uh, electron bounce, that oxygen, that extra oxygen that's on RNA can actually attack. Attack is the term. It basically can just react with the backbone of RNA and just break it apart. And so in order to slow that reaction, it's kept really cold. And then it's pretty stable once it's kept cold. But that's why it has to be at such a ridiculous temperature, because if it's not kept that way, it'll degrade. And if it degrades, it's not going to work.
0: What does, uh, so DNA is a double helix, is RNA?
1: Well, DNA doesn't have to be in a helix, but yes, our RNA will form double-stranded things. It'll match up in the same way that DNA will. Um, DNA and and also, I think also RNA, but DNA, the helix can have slightly different forms um, based on, what is it actually based on? Because there's... There's like weird like Z forms, I think, like when you crystallize it. It, it gets complicated. I never remember that bit. Well, um, but yeah, it's essentially... DNA forms a double helix when it's uh, in your body. RNA, I don't think, tends to be helical. I don't think people...
2: I don't think... It, I think it
1: might be some... I think in some, curl up, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think it can compact as well because of that extra OH group. But if someone else out there knows, please write in. That would be cool. I can Google it also. But I, I think... Some double-stranded RNA viruses can pack their genomes in pretty tight, but I don't know okay. if it's strictly.
0: It's probably helical.
1: It's probably this is. I'm not a structural <laughs> that's biologist. A good by the way, that's a t-shirt. Is, I don't it's probably know helical.
0: The most valuable thing you said was, it, "It's probably helical," and I just thought that's a t-shirt. So our, our work is done here. Um, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what the if? It's probably illegal. It's probably helpful. <laughs> um what does what do you think the vaccine looks like? Is it just a goo? But, a I mean a problem. Goo?
1: I wouldn't say it's gray. I think it's probably like clear. Or if not slightly maybe I don't want to say like brownish, but like a like tan-ish, because I feel like some things are like that that's usually like the default like color, I feel like, of some mm-hmm. biological. Liquids I've worked with, it's either right. completely clear. If it's media, it's pink, which this shouldn't be pink. And if not, it's just like vaguely light tan. But I actually haven't seen it. So
0: I trust I in think. Americans to customize their vaccine colors. Yeah, um, you know, and you'll be able to choose maybe for kids.
2: Well, actually, you, you know, maybe that will be a, an incentive to uh, get them to take it.
1: Or just, you know, you customize the the Band-Aid that you get over top of it. I'm going to go. I want a Transformers Band-Aid. That's exclusively the reason why I'm getting the vaccine. Nothing to do with uh, ending the plague.
0: I'm getting R2-D2, no no doubt. Um, uh, The other, it seems like the second uh, vaccine coming is AstraZeneca. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Moderna. AstraZeneca and Moderna, that's the same. I think it's, I just had this tab up. Let's see. And it does not need to be quite so. Cold. It, it does
1: not need to be kept as cold, which is great for getting it somewhere else, like like getting it to other places, which might be harder to distribute, especially yeah. for like the rural areas. Where in a city, like I said, you could probably have one centralized uh, freezer, um, but for a rural area, you might need to actually send it out to different locations, like a CVS in one town and then a the CVS in the other town. Right. So. That's sort of
0: What's the the value of having these different kinds? If they're all, let's say they're all basically as safe as the other, it seems like. Um, Why not just say, well, let's just do the one that's the most convenient, Um, aside from someone wanting to make money. But I mean, is, is, yeah, why, is there, why
2: distribute three different versions?
0: Right.
1: Yeah, so generally speaking, you can consider them all as all very similar in the fact that, you know, they're all, they're all, they all work. There are differences in effectiveness and also differences in access. So it is important for us to have all of these, although we didn't necessarily expect to. Literally, if we just had one that worked, it would still be fine. Mm. But the benefit is that, you know, the Pfizer one is extremely effective but it has the drawback of transportation. The AstraZeneca one, because it can be stored at a temperature that's not nearly as cold, it can tolerate being slightly warmer. That one's great to be able to send to places which are harder to get to. However, it's a little less effective. But that said, those areas have fewer people, so it kind of balances out. It might might still work functionally well for that population. So it's one of these things where it would be fine even if we just had one of them, but now that we have both, we can kind of combine how we're using them to be the most effective. I think Pfizer's the one you know we've cleared it first, so that's the first one that we'll start releasing. Uh, but if we get more available amounts of AstraZeneca vaccine, then we'll be able to send that around too.
0: Right. So I'm already seeing it in my own terms, which is that the Pfizer uh, vaccine is the apple uh, of vaccines, the I vaccine. <laughs> it uh, was first. It. Uh, is very precious, you know. It requires a lot of uh tenderness to keep yeah. from getting Devotion. ruined. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You drop yeah. it once the screen is shattered, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that the um, if you go and if you go into the uh, say you go to the clinic and they're going to be giving you the Pfizer vaccine, they're going to say, uh, they're going to look at your arm and they're going to be like, oh no, hang on a second. And they're going to have to go to a drawer full of dongles and filter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <You> get the, <laughs> I think you're a lightning cable. Okay. Let's plug that in there. Um, but it'll be beautiful. It'll be all white. And then there's the, the other one, which is like, it's a little less effective, but you know, you can take it anywhere. You can run around, you can stomp on it. It might not work, but it runs windows. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it.
1: Yeah. And you yeah. only need one dose of it. Apple, you know, you need all of Apple products
2: over and
0: over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really does fit in. Yeah, it's lock in the Pfizer lock in,
1: and also Uh, I did look it up. It's Pfizer and Moderna that are mRNA vaccines. AstraZeneca mm -hmm. is neat. It's a vector vaccine, so they use another virus um, that's not going to make you sick. But they take basically all the genetic material of that virus out. They just use the outer part, Mm -hmm. and then inside of it is the mRNA of the spike protein. So it's kind of similar, but it's slightly different. Outer coating is really the difference between them.
0: So, just to clarify, there, when you said mRNA, and by the way, I can highly recommend. Um, there's a PB, PBS. Uh, what's it called? They have a YouTube channel where they do all these amazing science videos, and they have different channels: biology, astronomy, whatever. Um, there's a PBS uh, video that kind of talks about how they engineered the the um, the spike. The, basically, that right that the, the there were scientists in Austin apparently who were able to. Um, get a 3D model. And this actually goes back way early in this year. Um, They were, or for years, actually, they've been trying to model, create something that acts like the spike uh, in the corona vaccine. So it was because of that, that they were able to, that that was like a huge leap forward. Um, So when you say mRNA, so there's the vaccine that attacks the, um, well, that is just the spike appears to your body as the spike on the coronavirus, right? And the other one... So the one that's just the spike subunit is um,
1: Sanafi and Novavax. So that's actually one that's in, I think, phase two right now. It has not been approved yet. And that's just the spike protein subunit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But all of the other ones do rely on, in some way, getting your body to recognize the spike protein. So inside the vector vaccine, um, it... It is, inject, it is Essentially, it has the code of the spike protein in it, not the code of the full virus, just the spike protein. And then the for AstraZeneca, since it's in a vector, like another virus basically, it behaves like a virus and it puts that messenger RNA into your cells and then the cells start putting the spike protein on it and then it causes your body to recognize it and then start okay. producing antibodies against it. And it's very similar for the mRNA vaccine also. It's just that it's in a lipid. Um, outer shell that's sort of artificial and then that fuses to cells and also gets them to start putting out this spike which then gets recognized by your own body
0: what does so if I want to drop this word vector at lunch what vector it's
1: kind of just a carrier so your um, your takeout container is a vector for your Big Mac Ah. (laughs)
0: that's (laughs) excellent yes okay and the other, so the mRNA one doesn't use, doesn't do vector methods.
1: It's, it's just a different coating. So you could imagine that the mRNA one, the outer coating is, say, I don't know, styrofoam, while the other one is maybe like plastic. It's just a slightly different material, oh, okay. basically. Right. Um, but functionally, they're doing about the same thing. Uh, one is just using a, the air quotes technology of a different virus.
0: Right on. Right on. on. Matt, what do you, uh, any questions for Gabby?
2: No, I guess, I don't know. It's, it's, um, do virologists have like a betting pool on which, uh, vaccine will do best?
1: Not formally, but you know, we do talk about it a lot. Um, and at one point we we were all talking about it and I mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm the Pfizer guinea pig and all of them were like, okay, like, like they were essentially like just diagnosing my symptoms to be like I like to figure out what group <laughs> I was in and I was like guys I, I know like I, I also read the paper uh, but it's mm-hmm. it is kind of cool like I mean this is a lot of our theory put into practice like mRNA yeah. vaccines do want to point out that has never happened before I'm not saying that as a way of like don't trust the science I'm saying that as like the science has really come a long way from you know 1918 and mm-hmm. that the Spanish flu
0: that's pretty cool don't, because you, did the, you were in the Pfizer trial, would you do the Pfizer, uh, would you then say, you know, I, let me do the Pfizer vaccine?
1: Uh, I actually, had. I don't know how they're going to handle us, to be perfectly honest. There is some talk that for in order to continue getting essentially good data from us, they might bring in both groups. And essentially, for a second set of inoculations, where now whatever group got the actual vaccine now gets two injections of placebo. Whatever group got the um, placebo now gets two injections of the vaccine. Because then it maintains the double blindness of the study, so it keeps some of its statistical power. Mm, And also, too, that way they can control when all of us get the vaccine. Then they can control what time from the vaccine that we're getting all of our blood draws and stuff like that. So that way, it would kind of maintain their control over the cohort because, too, you could imagine that as time goes on, there's going to be groups getting the Moderna vaccine or the AstraZeneca vaccine or, you know, maybe Sanofi comes out with theirs and they get that one. So that would then enable them to kind of have a more uniform control over their group because this study does go on for like two years. I do have to like come back in for visits. Ah, I think the next one's in like April or something like that. So Who knows? Maybe I'll get an email in the next couple of weeks. I know right now, you know, they really are shifting all of their stuff to distribute these vaccines. So who knows if right. they're going to really be paying that much attention to the study group now. But you know, for my sake, I'm have my fingers crossed.
0: All right. That's awesome. Well, it's very exciting. We really its uh I'm not sure where I heard this. It might have been on Saturday Night Live. Somewhere I heard somebody said... You know, the thing about this year is that we finally see the light at the end of the tunnel, and all it does is show us how disgusting and uh, rancid the tunnel is that we are in.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: um, it is still a good sign. A I think I, it? Yeah. yeah, hopefully it turns out that it is it, the light at the end of the tunnel is not a train. It is, yeah. it is an actual entrance. Um, so this this is amazing. It will take some time, so we'll continue to follow this story. Uh, I'll give you the report from back here at $268.7 uh, uh, <laughs> in line. <laughs> and while you guys are up in the fancy part, up in the, uh, what were you at, Matt? Like 100000
1: Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. you know, living it up. Woo! Living it up.
0: <laughs> I do want, I'm going to calculate how long this line is. Where would I be? I think I'd be on the moon, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to think but about like
1: that. socially distanced. You have to keep
0: in mind the that the, yeah. the moon is very socially distanced. Yeah, 268.7 million times six is how many. Yeah, I don't even know. I'll work on that later. Uh, we'll save that for what the... if our Friday show, usually a Friday show. Uh, I apologize if sometimes you hear it late and then it comes on and then it's like, why does Philip sound like he's in a tube or in the sewer or whatever um there may be a time where i am actually in a sewer other times it's we had technical difficulties and i tried to fix it but then i said america must have the world must have this and so i had to get it out there um the uh, for instance last week's episode by the way you should keep it at minus 90 degrees celsius before listening otherwise it may not be fresh but it is a good one uh gabby thank you so much is what's their celebration is there sort of did you have like a
1: Woo. I or, mean, or, a socially distant kind of general woo, yes. In, in the apartment, yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were very excited talking about it.
0: That's great. A socially distanced woo. I like that. Um, Matt, anything you'd like to plug coming up?
2: No, no, it's going to be some time, I'm afraid.
0: Right. And school is still socially distanced. Are you on uh, break?
2: Classes up? are over. So students are writing papers and I will be reading them shortly. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't have any reason to see anyone in person for some time.
0: And, and I'm imagining that even though the vaccine and all is coming, that they're still planning, at least for sure, at the beginning of the next semester, it'll just be the same. Yes, that's right. Plan. All right. All right. Um, thank you both, everyone. Uh, tune in again on Friday, and then we'll be back next week uh, with more uh, news about the pandemic from Gabby Panisi at uh, Rockefeller University. Send us your questions to uh, feedback at whattheif.com. Give us a rating and a review on using your app uh, that you're listening to podcast right now. It's the holiday season. It's a fine time to just sort of send your thanks to uh, Gabby and Matt for their hard work. Um, their brains are, you know, by the their brains are, they put a lot of brain power into this. So, um, you know, just get, that's, that's worth at least four and a half of your stars. And the other half of the star could just be like a tip. That'd be great. I'll take it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But rating and review will help us. We really try to expand the audience of the show and, um, coming in the new year, we are, I'm going to finally, um, create, this will be become its separate stream and we'll have a whole webpage for it and we'll try to grow it a little further, which I think is going to be fun. We need a title. So title suggestions. Okay. Also, if you want to put the word out, if you have any suggestions, Hello. what could we call it? Uh, as we move into a, perhaps the downside, uh, the, uh, the easier side of the pandemic let's hope for a better year um hope everyone's well and we will see you next time on what the if news